Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. Welcome to Top Stories of the Week, presented by Girl on the Gov, the podcast. This exclusive bonus episode drops on Tuesdays and gives you the 411 on the need to know political news and tea. So, as always, we'll keep you updated. Welcome to Top Stories of the Week. It's officially October. It's spooky season, and there's just low case mm-hmm. of spooky shit happening in the news. of like perfect because Scrotus is perfect, back. Perfect, perfect. And we'll be getting into that in a second, but that's spooky enough for Spooktober, you know? Yes. And just like I love saying Spooktober. Spook. Oh my God, now I'm messing it up. What the hell? Spooktober. I just, it's one of my favorite things to say. Like I'm like, ooh, Spooktober. And something about it gives me serotonin. Mm-hmm. But. The other thing that gives me serotonin as we're reporting this is it is October 3rd, which if you know Mean Girls, <laughs> you know there's an iconic this is true. quote. And did I just make a TikTok with it? Absolutely. Because you know how many days till the election or till regular voting day? 36. Take a guess. Take a guess. 37. It's at 36. I think it's 36. Well, and Punchbowl, it's you at know, 36. I have I just never copy been and a master it. <laughs> Shit. Well, shit. Well, we will deal with the TikTok post-recording, post-top stories. Yeah. um, Mm -hmm. And figure out a solution for that. I mean, I'm not a nitpicky person. If someone's one day off, I'm not going to come for their neck. But I know some people are like into that Yeah. And you know my anxiety. That's just – it's when it's close enough and I can fix it. But the important thing here is we're in the final countdown Mm -hmm. until – the midterm elections. Obviously, early voting starts V soon in some states. So yeah. just keep that in mind. Make it's sure crazy. if you have early voting available to you, highly recommend. It can be like a great way to get shit done shorter early. Lines. Make sure- yeah, shorter lines. We that's, love a shorter line moment. That's the biggest thing for me. I hate, I hate a line. I hate waiting. I vote by mail, but obviously that's not everyone's option. But if you do have early voting options, definitely take advantage if you can and if, you know, that works. I just want to make one little flag, and this might just be a New York thing, but I will flag it regardless, is if you're doing early voting, sometimes your polling location is different than, like, your normal, like, election day polling location. Mm -hmm. So make sure that you check before you go. And sometimes the hours are different, too, and different per day. So just make sure you do, like, a quick little voter plan moment. Well, we check. It's just such an attestment to voting is a big deal. What you vote on is a mm-hmm. big deal. It's so important and it affects people's lives. It's existential issues. It's human rights. And that takes a little bit of preparation. You know, it takes a little bit of homework. It takes a little bit of get- getting to know your ballot. It takes a little bit of making a voter plan and doing that research and making sure you're good to go because it's a big deal and it should be treated as such. So just be ready to, like, put in your little, like, due diligence homework because um, that's what it takes. But moving True. forward. I do want to just have a quick funeral though before we before we get into the stories. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I would just like <laughs> rest in peace to whoever it is. I would just oh oh no. Rest in peace to my pop socket that has been with us Aww. for 
the last year because I found this puppy on a, a bar floor and it just felt like, a, you know, something lucky about it. I put one of our new girl in the gov stickers on it. I mean, it's just, it's been through I some trials and tribulations. I on. I did the white Wait, one. Stop. But because my so stickers didn't seem to come for a while, Samantha. Okay. So that's not <laughs> true. I literally sent them to basically for our brand ambassadors and obviously Maddie, who is by nature a brand ambassador of Girl on the Gov. We send out our branded stickers. So if you want to put them anywhere, have them for fun. We love a sticker moment. I sent them and then I, we had like some amazing new brand ambassadors also come in. I was like, guys, like who wants them? Just want to make sure everyone has them if they want them, yada, yada, yada. And then he was like, I didn't get them. And I was like, ma'am, ma'am, Mrs. Ma'am. I literally sent those puppies, but I guess they didn't they arrive. Didn't come. Who ended up with the stickers? Like those stickers, you know what I mean? Like mail that doesn't get somewhere ends yeah. up with someone somewhere. And someone is- Mailman hopefully those. put it on his truck and is doing some branding <gasps> yes. for us or some marketing for us. So- we do love that's, that. That's what um, we're hoping is the situation. But other but, long story short but, but, moment but, but. is that those stickers literally fit, per- fit perfectly on a pop socket. It's crazy. Like absolutely perfect. The dimensions line up exactly. So you just look, need to order God, another pop okay. socket. I know. Look at you. Except for speaking of pop sockets, what is super exciting. And like mm-hmm. this is how I know. I'm like timing of like whatever God I believe in. Unsure. And that is, I'm sure, is the fact that our pop sockets with social goods are officially live and mine is literally on its way. I got the notification this morning that it's it's literally heading out the door, bopping into a truck and heading up to yours truly. So super excited about that. And those say friends don't let friends miss elections, which mm-hmm. is facts. They don't. That's that how you know if someone's a good friend year. or not. That's, that is the theme of this election season. And it is not only on a, on a pop socket, but it is on some stickers, on a tote bag, and on a trucker hat. And mm-hmm. if you haven't checked out our collection with Social Goods, go check it out on their website. You can find it under the brands tab, Girl on the Gov X Social Goods. And all of that is there for you. So definitely put your orders in before this election. Rock them on election day and send us all the pics. But yeah, definitely. Please. Yeah. And okay, wait, before Maddie is like, man, we need to get into this. I have two more really quick power run through housekeeping elements, elements, moments, okay, whatever. We'll see if this is a power run through. Okay, this, this is, is speed This racing. is your challenge. I've gotten a few comments on the fact that I speak really quickly, and I'm so sorry, guys, but this is going to be next level. Next level. Put me in an auction house. Okay, so one, for our politicos, I just want to put a reminder on everyone's radar that we have hashtag viral, which is a social media consulting newsletter right to your inbox. Is a paid newsletter, and we provide tips, tricks, basics, best practices, et cetera, for anyone in the political industry using social media, how to use it, what to use it for, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So if you're an elected, official, you are running for office, you're ahead of an organization, you work in an organization, you somehow work in the political space and you need, want, et cetera, to use social media and need help figuring out how to do it in this particular space and that sort of cross-section between consumer and politics. Okay. So anyways, that's the newsletter. That's thing one. So put that in one box. Thing two is brand ambassador program. Like we were just saying, if you are looking for networking opportunities in the political space, community in the political space. We have to chat about politics, what's going on, action items, yada, yada, yada. Our brand ambassador program is for you. You're also considering renaming it something else. So stay tuned. But regardless, find those details on 
our website. So girlinthegov.com. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Um, Sign up for our brand ambassador program. Demon. We want to meet you. Okay. Sorry. Let's get into our top stories of Let's the week. The House and Senate are out for the month. They are home campaigning before this big election. President Joe Biden and First Lady Jill Biden are headed down to Puerto Rico and Florida this week to meet with victims and community leaders while viewing damage from deadly hurricanes Fiona and Ian. And there's 36 days until election. There it is, Samantha. God damn it. <laughs> um, but the big news of the week is that the Supreme Court begins their new term today and one viewed with dread by Democrats and anticipation from and humans of all kind. Yeah. Um, and so after and so after June's very momentous decision striking down Roe v. Wade and remaking the nation the nation's political landscape in the process, the conservative dominated high court will take on affirmative action, minority representation, the way federal elections are held, immigration, EPA's authority over the Clean Water Act, LGBTQ protections versus religious rights, among other issues. So a lot, a lot on the table. And so on Tuesday, the Supreme Court will hear oral arguments in Merrill v. Milligan, a case dealing with Alabama's congressional map. At stake is whether Alabama's current map discriminates against black Alabamans by diluting their vote, their voting power a violation of the 1965 Voting Rights Act. Only one of Alabama's House seats is a is a majority minority district while black alabamans make up more than one quarter of the state's residents so a lower federal court including two donald trump appointed judges ruled that the state's maps were wasn't proper the supreme court let alabama proceed with this map for the midterm elections while state officials appealed the ruling with six to three conservative edge on the supreme court civil rights groups are very concerned about the possible outcome here Another high-profile case is Moore versus Harper, which we have an entire episode about with Ben Sheehan. We will link it in this in this episode description because it is a crucial, crucial, crucial case, and everyone needs to know about it. And so this could have far-reaching implications for how federal elections are conducted. Long story short, it can literally give power to the states in deciding presidential elections, and the majority of our states are conservative packed state houses wait can i make like a minor interruption just since we're on the ben sheehan train yeah i mean we're always on the ben sheehan train let's always. be real but in terms of like this particular situation so he just emailed us he just flagged a really awesome candidate in louisiana katie darling and she is a working mom and pro-choice democrat running for congress and she is really focused on reproductive freedom so we're obviously going to be following along her campaign and what's to come. But if you are a Louisiana voter, this is definitely a campaign to get involved in, to pay attention to, to uplift, et cetera. And if you don't live in Louisiana, same same goes for you. Obviously, you can't vote for them directly, but mm -hmm. you can uplift this campaign. We love a pro-choice candidate. We especially love a pro-choice woman candidate, Democrat, the whole nine yards. So please go check this candidate out. Her I was about to say her hashtag, which like, I guess some people have hashtags, but her handle on Insta is Katie for like the number four, Louisiana. Period. So that's the T. Okay. Well, moving on to this more of a Harper situation, North Carolina's GOP dominated legislature argues that only it has authority over drawing lines for the state's 14 congressional districts. North Carolina is gaining a seat this year following redistricting. And so the North Carolina Supreme Court struck down a proposed map that would have given Republicans control over 10 out of 14 districts. It's currently eight Republicans against five Democrats. And so some North Carolina GOP legislators and the Republican allies nationally have argued that under the independent state legislator 
legislature theory, only state legislatures have any role in making laws for federal elections, excluding state courts. Democrats and legal scholars have argued that such a ruling would cause chaos, including the presidential election. No date has been set for oral arguments yet in this case, but the stakes here for Congress and the executive branch are enormous. Again, seriously, go listen to that episode if you have not yet. It's a really, really great run through of this case in like simplified terms that make a lot more sense than honestly that little paragraph did. So please go listen. To say that this is a difficult time for the Supreme Court is a huge understatement and there still hasn't been any report released publicly on who leaked the internal draft opinion in the Dobbs case. Justices are openly bickering over the court's direction and public standing following the Dobbs decision, which overturned 50 years of precedent. Ginny Thomas, wife of Justice Clarence Thomas, was interviewed by the January 6th Select Committee last week over what role she may have had in trying to overturn the 2020 presidential election. Lawmakers and government watchdog groups want to impose tougher ethical requirements on the on the justices, including disclosure of spousal out income, outcome, whatever that is, spousal <laughs> income. Not surprisingly, approval ratings for the Supreme Court are at historic lows. Ooh, we speaking of historic lows and reforms. This would be a great moment to also point people to our interview with Gabe Roth, who is the executive director of Fix the Court. Mm-hmm. He works to put in place court reforms. There's a lot of lobbying going on with regards to that. He is one of the people behind that lobbying, including term limits for SCOTUS de la SCOTUS. So yeah, highly recommend that episode, SCOTUS. learning some of the reforms that are being discussed, that are being put forward, and If you go through that episode and or Fix the Court's website, you will come to a particularly effective action center where you can tell your rep some of the different reforms that you would like passed. So go check it out. Send your rep an email. Give them a call. Amazing. Well, how do you think Katanji's doing? I was just going to say another big thing about this new term is that Ketanji Brown Jackson is officially the new justice on the court and is entering this new term in yeah such a shitty onboarding session for her <laughs> I'm just absolutely praying for her thinking of her but also at the same time knowing actually, she's in there feels great as well yeah there's this creator Rebecca I think it's her last name's it's either Maisel or it's Michelle. Anyways, she's a lawyer and she had this TikTok up and it was like showing a picture, like the new family photo of SCOTUS and above like each, she's like fire her, fire him, like save her. And it was like above like Katanji's head and then like the other like liberal justices. And it was like, it just was like funny, you know, in, in good humor, as they say. Well, we are cheering on KBJ and just, Mm -hmm. well... Did you say KPJ? KBJ. Oh, wow. I need to get my hearing checked. (laughs) Jumping into our next story, some Iran updates. So Iran Supreme Leader Tola Al-Khamini responded publicly on Monday to the biggest protest in Iran in years, breaking weeks of silence to condemn what he called rioting bullshit and accused the United States and Israel of planning the protest. You know, it's just one of those things. It's when you kill your own people and subject them to all of this bullshit, it's it's just funny. Okay, anyways, 
The unrest ignited by the death of a young woman in custody of Iran's morality police is flaring up across the country for a third week, despite government efforts to crack down and murder its own people. On Monday, Iran shuttered its top technology university following an hours-long standoff between students and the police that turned the prestigious institution into the latest flashpoint of protests and ended with hundreds of young people arrested. Speaking to a cadre of police students in Tehran, Khamenei said he was deeply heartbroken by the death of 22-year-old Masa Amini in police custody, calling it a tragic incident. However, he ambassed to the protests as a foreign plot to destabilize Iran, echoing authorities' previous I was about to say statements, but it says comments, same thing. He said, this rioting was planned. These riots and insecurities were designed by America and the Zionist regime and their employees. I would just like to also say, and I saw this somewhere else too, and I just felt like it was like such a right comment. It's like the U.S. is definitely known for intervention mm-hmm. and putting its its hands where it doesn't belong, mm-hmm. for sure. And this, this is your own bullshit. This is called, you are a theocratic dictator, so... That's really my take on that. Meanwhile, Sharif University of Technology in Tehran announced that only doctoral students would be allowed on campus until further notice, following hours of turmoil Sunday when witnesses said anti-government protesters clashed with pro-establishment students. The witnesses who spoke in condition of on an 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 um, basically, yeah, sorry, guys. Um, condition uh, of anonymousness. <laughs> That's what the word should be. <laughs> we are changing grammar one word at a time at yeah, Girl in the Gov. You're all welcome. for people out here. You know? It's it's just, just, it doesn't need to be this hard. Little. It doesn't. It really doesn't. For fear of reprisals, it said the police kept hundreds of students holed up on campus and fired rounds of tear gas to disperse demonstrations. Student associations said plainclothes officers surrounded the school from all sides as protests roiled the campus after nightfall and detained at least 300 students. Plainclothes officers beat a professor and several university employees, the association added. The state-run IRNA news agency sought to downplay the violent standoff, reporting a protest gathering took place without causing casualties. But it also said police released 30 students from detention, acknowledging many had been caught in the dragnet by mistake as they tried to go home. The crackdown sparked backlash on Monday at home and abroad. Most of the protesters appeared to be under 25, according to witnesses. Iranians who have grown up knowing little but global isolation and severe Western sanctions linked to Iran's nuclear program. Talks to revive the landmark 2015 nuclear deal have stalled for months, feeling discontent as Iran's currency declines in value and prices soar. A Tehran-based university teacher said the new generations come up with unpredictable ways to defy authorities. That's Gen Z for you. You're welcome. The young protesters have learned the strategy from video games and play to win. There's no such thing as defeat for them. As the new academic year began this week, students at universities in major cities across Iran gathered in protest, according to videos widely shared on social media, clapping, chanting slogans against government, against the government, and waving their headscarves. The eruption of student anger has worried the Islamic Republic since at least 1999, when security forces and supporters of hardline clerics attacked students protesting media restrictions. That wave of student protests under former reformist president Mohammad Khatami touched, touched, wow, touched off the worst street battles since the 1979 Islamic Revolution. Don't call it a protest, it's a revolution now, shouted students at Shahid Bahesti University in Tehran as women set their hijabs alight. Students are awake and they hate the leadership, chanted crowds. Riot police have been out in force patrolling streets near universities on motorbikes, amongst other things. This is going to be one of those stories where we keep you guys updated as things continue to evolve. It is not nearly 
getting nearly enough press coverage. It is absolutely wild. But it is all over TikTok, which goes to show a lot of our conversations that we've had about changing news mediums and whatnot and where that's going to go. Regardless of that conversation, please remember to continue amplifying voices overseas, Iranian voices that are experts on this particular topic and also are literally there witnessing what is happening. We need to continue to make sure their story is top of mind and getting the attention that it deserves this is like very, very critical. If there are any action items that come our way that we see that we could be really helpful with, we will of course share them on social and add them you know, into our descriptions as this continues to develop. But that is the, the update that we have currently. Mm-hmm. Yes, we will keep you updated. The one thing that I wanted to just like run by. So what do we think okay so like you know how like my skin's been breaking out like crazy especially like on my chin and whatever and then i was like thinking that those like chin pimples should really just be called chimples i think you should absolutely call them chimples (laughs) i have one right now and then i have one above my lip called a honestly it's kind of like a marilyn monroe (laughs) (laughs) I look like Marilyn Monroe. Should I just fill it in with a brown pencil? (laughs) Christ. Well, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not mad that you you raised that point. Hopefully, we'll start a movement around this triple situation. And maybe (laughs) even first, I actually have a counter for that. What about a chest pimple? Also, chimple. Chimple or no, a chimple. I used to call it chestney because you know it's backney. And then you have chest knee. Oh, <laughs> but then if it's chest or boob, because then it's boob knee. I've never had a zit <laughs> on my breast, just chest. But I'm trying to think if I have. I don't. I don't think, think so. there's really. If you get really like zits on your actual boob, but like definitely, I get them like in the center of chest. I don't even get them like on the side, just like in this area. Hmm. Anyways, guys. I don't think I've ever gotten them there. But the chimples always here, always here to play. Yeah, no matter what. Thank you. So anyways. Yeah. Anyways. (laughs) Last story is about Hurricane Ian and a specific take on this that I saw a TikTok about that I just like wanted to talk about the Ron DeSantis of it all. But first, let's get into Mm. kind of the real, you know, details of the story and and kind of the aftermath of this pretty devastating hurricane. So people literally were seeing kayaking down streets that were passable just a day or two earlier. Hundreds of thousands are without power. The National Guard, helicopters, flying rescue missions to residents still stranded on Florida's barrier islands. And so days after Hurricane Ian carved a path of destruction from Florida to the Carolinas, the dangers persisted and even worsened in some places. Um, And so it's become clear that the road to recovery from this monster storm will be very long and painful. And so Ian was still not done. The storm doused Virginia and rained um, Sunday, and officials warned that major flooding was possible along its coast Monday. And Ian's remnants moved offshore and formed a nor'easter that was expected to pile even more water into an already inundated Chesapeake Bay and threatened to cause the most significant tidal flooding event in Virginia's Hamptons Roads region in the last 10 to 15 years. So Norfolk Norfolk and Virginia Beach declared states of emergencies as well, and so at least 68 people have been confirmed dead, 61 in Florida, 4 in North Carolina, and 3 in Cuba. So definitely very devastating hurricane, and right now there is nothing but 
planning around this recovery and how to send resources, et cetera. And so it's just the roundness of it all, the political implications of it all are just interesting. Of course, we have to touch on them, you guys. And so kind of the story here is that Ron DeSantis actually, when he was a freshman congressman in 2013, there was a federal bailout for the New York region after Hurricane Sandy. And basically, Ron DeSantis as a Congress member was saying things like put it on the credit card mentality. He was opposing this. He said, I sympathize with the credit card mentality. Yeah. (laughs) I sympathize with the victims, he said, but his answer was no. And so this is now nearly a decade later as his state confronts the devastation and costly destruction. And so he went on Tucker Carlson and said, as you as you say, Tucker, we live in a very politicized time, said Ron DeSantis. And this was all kind of regarding his request for full federal reimbursement up front for 60 days and urging Biden, the Biden administration to do the right thing. And so he said, quote, but, you know, when people are fighting for their lives, when their whole livelihood is at stake, when they've lost everything, you can't put politics aside. If you can't put politics aside for that, then you're just not going to be able to. Basically, like, assuming that, like, Biden's just not going to help. I'm like, of course he's going to fucking um, come help and send you know federal what? aid. The, the best part of this whole thing is, and it's not even DeSantis, it's the fact that Rubio was absent for the vote on government funding that would have... Mm that gives more funding to help Florida and Scott voted against it. So the two senators from Florida here. And there's literally like GOP members are literally being like, we can't give Biden a win before 2024. Like I'm literally around sending aid to Florida after one of the hardest hitting hurricanes we've seen in a while, like fucking crazy. But Literally, DeSantis, as we know, has been one of Biden's, like, biggest trolls, like, loves using the Brandon joke, like, every day. And so David Jolly, who's a former Republican congressman from Florida, said, ironically, there's nobody in America that Ron DeSantis needs more than Joe Biden (laughs) right now. (laughs) And the president and the governor have each made a point of saying publicly that they and their teams are in touch. Biden said on Thursday, he complimented me. He thanked me for my immediate response. For the immediate response yeah. we had, this is about saving people's lives, homes, and businesses. And so that was Joe Biden. And then in February, Mr. DeSantis baselessly said Mr. Biden stiffs storm victims for political reasons, insisting that the president, quote, hates Florida. So it's just all very interesting. All of Ron DeSantis, like, cool. skeletons coming out of the closet right now and being like, you are the biggest hypocrite per usual. Well, did you see the meme of like them sitting next to each other and everything yeah. like DeSantis with like tail between his legs? Total and, like, tail between his it legs. It just, uh, the whole thing is gold on, in terms of that. But like there really is such an interesting moment here that I feel like the Republicans are missing where this this would be a great moment for everyone to come together and bipartisan bells and shit. You know, like it's, It goes to show, and like obviously Dems do this sometimes too. It's not like a one-party situation that does this, but it's like, guys, like you are in office to create better like policy that helps people and in these scenarios helps American citizens. Like get it together, move it aside. Like Mm -hmm. I think people would actually be really happy to hear that people worked together and created a solution. Like that's why like – I think one of the common threads we co- we see across the board is the people are so divided and no matter what side of the aisle no matter what side of the aisle you're on 
people are like, oh my gosh, we're so polarized. Like that's the common theme. And it's like, this yeah. is something that people could get around together very easily. Well, helping what? People- I, you know, I hope I'm wrong in my assumption around this, but I also am like mm. wondering if one month out from election, Ron DeSantis is acting differently than say, not one month out from election, DeSantis oh, would act sure. around this. Like, <laughs> because sure. when shit like this happens, whether it's a pandemic or a war or something, and there's an election, like, politically, what you have to do is use common sense, be there for the people, represent your people, and, like, be a leader through it. And, like, that's something that, like, Trump couldn't do with COVID. And I think that's a big reason why he lost. And Ron DeSantis is hopefully learning that lesson and being, like, okay, let me show some leadership here and get my state through this before an election. The way he's acting and being like, all of a sudden being like, people's livelihoods, blah, blah, blah. Just like, that's just not usually the rhetoric that comes from him. He's just usually so politically oriented around political wins, like, and all of that banter. Oh, by the way, the comment around Mm -hmm. we can't give Biden a political win before 2024 regarding... Hurricane mm. Ian, it was Matt Gates who said that. Mm, classic. Which look, I will give Matt Gates some credit. And this is like it's like the bullshitting like, credit. Oh type. gosh. And that is that he says the quiet power part out loud. Like he literally, like he is another one of those classic examples of he's literally telling you exactly what the fuck is up. And people choose not to listen or don't get you know, don't take it in full. Yeah, and it's just it's like crazy that it works for them. Like, absolutely oh, totally. bo- mind-boggling that as a Florida voter in Matt Gates district, you hear him say something like that when your state is literally, like, underwater, absolutely crushed by this hurricane. And you have your representative saying something like that. And you're like, well, he's got my vote. Like, what? Fucking wild. So like, if, like, if anyone continue, like votes for Matt Gates, absolutely shocking. And mind also, speaking of that race, everyone should go check out Rebecca Jones. She's the Democrat that's running against him. So uh, that's the tea on that. It'll be interesting. I also, yeah, very and very interesting campaign that has evolved. So I'm curious to see where that one lands. I do know his district is incredibly red. Mm-hmm. Like, red, red, red. So I don't know what the odds are, but we... We love a shot. Yeah. We love a shot. I also have a total, total side note that has nothing to do with Florida mm. and has everything to do, still has things to do with governors that we hate and it has to do with Texas. And I just saw oh, Beto's yeah. TikTok recap of their, of his debate with Greg Abbott. He's just so good. He's just so good at what He's he does. Amazing. Like, ugh, go watch his, his TikTok. He's one of those people that he just really can like relate to everyone. Like he just... He has like this way of being able to meet, he meets people at their level every Mm -hmm. time. Yeah, fully. Well, those are our top stories of the week. We have a fresh episode for you guys tomorrow. Make sure that your friends are registered to vote because what's the phrase? Friends don't let friends miss elections. Okay, now we can sign off. That'll be our sign off for the rest of the month until election day. Yeah. Wait, and honestly, and remember, even maybe after, friends don't let friends miss elections. Oh, toodles. That's crazy. (laughs) 
Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description.